Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. In this episode, I'll be giving you my NBA draft recap. We'll go through the draft and we'll talk about the Knicks, them not having the picks, so what they end up doing, and some of the things going on behind the scenes there. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, guys, it's your boy GD back with the All Things Basketball with GD podcast. And right about now, we're going to talk NBA draft. We'll do a recap of that and we'll kind of assess also what the Knicks did, who did not have a draft pick in this draft as well. So we'll talk about it. So let's get into it. First, I just want to do a little commentary on the draft itself. I grew up in a time where... Once the NBA Finals were over, I was like glued into the NBA draft and what was going on and so forth. Especially after watching college basketball, what happens in those tournaments and seeing guys and things like that. So it was like a real treat because you still had a taste of basketball after the season was done. So nowadays the draft has changed so drastically from those days. Of course, you have the international players now who are coming into the league. And that's fine. That makes sense if you're going to grow the game globally. But now you have all this G League Ignite. You have Overtime Elite. And you, you just got to be watching all these different leagues and so forth. So it's kind of hard for the natural fan like myself who basically you're pool of talent is pretty much from the college game and coming later it was the international game as well where you know you heard about guys and you were able to kind of do a little research and so forth on these international guys but now you have this league over here this league over here and then NCAA it's been kind of hard to follow if I want to be completely honest here and again of course talk with my boy D we were talking about how it's been difficult to follow the draft in recent memory because of all these different leagues you got to pay attention to. So, and then you hear this analyst say, oh, this guy's G League at night. He's going to be this. He's going to be that. But where are these games? Are they even televised? Where is just confusing the whole thing. So, but nonetheless, this is what it is right now, guys. I think there's no working around it so we'll see what happens from here but i'm just saying all this to say the nba draft has been hard to kind of get a passion for because of all these different leagues and all these (sighs) ways you have to kind of follow and figure out who's who and so forth and then you know you got the draft knicks that go to the draft you know they're just cheering for you know, whatever the scouts and analysts say, oh, this guy's going to be good, so we cheer for this guy. So it's no real feels, so to speak. So that's my little rant and commentary on that. So nonetheless, let's get into the draft. Let's talk about it. Right at the top, the San Antonio Spurs, no surprises. Victor Wimbayama, the center out of France, who's Everybody seemed to be pointing to the fact that he's going to be this generational talent. 
He's 7'4", 237 pounds. Doesn't seem like a lot of weight for a seven, over 7-foot seven guy, let alone 7'4", but he's going to be this generational talent along the likes of a LeBron James. I heard Woj, who I love, Adrian Wojnarowski say that he's best draft pick in terms of any sport generational talent wise I wouldn't go that far but again I remember when LeBron James was coming into the league and they said he was this generational talent and he looked like a man among boys we were able to see at least a couple of his high school games on ESPN so at least you got a taste of that he came in with a lot of hype and I tell you what he lived up to it so can he do similar? Can he live up to the hype and the promise? We'll see. He's in a perfect situation with San Antonio. And I heard my guy on NBA Give and Go on that show, Antonio Daniels, say this about the San Antonio franchise. It's like leaving your kids with a responsible adult. That's what San Antonio Spurs organization is like. And there's a lot of credence in that. We see how well things went with former overall first round draft picks in David Robinson and then later Tim Duncan. So he's definitely in the right situation, the right franchise for that. I think he's going to the right place. I just worry about the bulk. He needs to add bulk. But he's lean. He's quick. And he has immense talent. So we'll see what happens there. But San Antonio doing the prudent and smart thing in getting Wimbayana. So. And then you had the second pick in the draft. Which could have went either way between a Brandon Miller of Alabama or Scoot Henderson of the G League Ignite. So, of course, one guy is the small forward, the other guy is the point guard. So, so you know, Charlotte had to make a choice. Do you take a Scoot Henderson when you got a LaMelo ball there? And then, I guess, maybe you move LaMelo off the ball and play him with a Scoot Henderson? Or do you bring in a Brandon Miller who... You know, you still have the situation with Miles Bridges. You got to try and bring him back into the fold after all he's gone through off the court. So the Hornets go and select Brandon Miller. So he's a slasher. He's a shot maker. He lost a lot of weight, though, due to mono that he suffered during the college season. And then, of course, there's the off the court issues with him. Charlotte rolling the dice and taking Brandon Miller with their second choice, which leaves Portland to go and select Scoot Henderson, the 6'2", 195-pounder. He's an NBA-ready playmaker. Now, remember, Damian Lillard went on the record saying that they should deal this pick for veteran talent. Now that you've done this, does this mean Dame Lillard is on the move? I think at this point, Dame Lillard, he's special. He's going to be seen in high regard by the Portland fan base. So, yeah, I think it's high time that you re-sign him to that lucrative deal. But I think now is a time where 
you cash in your chips now and bring back a haul for Damian Lillard, which you will get nonetheless. Will it be equal value? Maybe not, but you know, you know you're going to get several first round draft choices. You're going to get some talent. Maybe it's talent that you can develop. Miami's been a place, you know, he and here we go with social media again. I still say it, it's the bane of society right now, but I digress. He went to IG, he posted a Will Smith's Miami song, so you know everybody's reading between the lines. So it's just ridiculous. Anyway, but a Miami, you know, they have the assets to do it. I don't think Tyler Hero's gonna be it, although you can include him in. You still have salaries like a Duncan Robinson. You have Kyle Lowry's last year of his deal. So that can make the money work. I would definitely try and get a guy like Nikolai Jovic. The young international forward who you don't even know what you have in him because he was buried on that Miami bench. So maybe this is a guy who has something and Chauncey Billups can pull it out of him. So who knows? We'll see. But they definitely have some pieces you can bring back. Of course, Philly is another team that's named. They probably have to take a Tobias Harris, a Tyrese Maxey, which that would make things a bit redundant because you still have Anthony Simons there so it would involve a lot of teams and yeah. so uh, Philly's another place but outside of that those are the only two teams I can think of who got a shot at Dame so yeah, I hear the name Brooklyn I don't know why to me that'd be a lateral move so we'll see so that's your first three picks. Then you have Houston and Detroit going back to back with t- the Twins, Amen Thompson, and then Osar Thompson. Amen, the more talented of the two. He's a athletic three. His jump is not there yet, but he solidifies a position for Houston that they've been in flux for several years now, trying to lock down that small forward position. You would do so with Thompson. And then Detroit. They're getting a guy who's also athletic, but he's more impactful on the defensive end. His jumper, too, isn't quite there yet, but, you know, that could be a work in progress. So that's your four and five. Then as you go on, you get Orlando getting another point guard, and Anthony Black. He's a big point guard guy, 6'6", two-way player. So definitely your days of a Markel Fultz, your days of a Cole Anthony could very well be over now that you bring in Anthony Black, who I think can have an impact. Maybe not right away, but definitely over time. And then you go further down, actually at seven. And oh, by the way, guys, there were six trades in this draft, so it was kind of dizzying all the trade movement and so forth of course he had trades prior to that but within the draft itself about six major trades so Washington and Indiana does a trade swap where Washington gets Bilal Koulibaly and he's out of France so he was a high riser in the draft he has tremendous upside 
might have to wait a while on them though so you have to have some patience so washington figures you know we got a young team here so we can be a little bit patient especially now that you have a new backcourt now so they're looking for the long-term payoff so we'll see what happens with him and then indiana get jerace walker the power forward out of houston with the houston cougars who's a defensive four who could add he can add offense to his game as well and then you'll add him to the glut of power forwards that you have and Jalen Smith and also with Isaiah Jackson so Walker walks into that situation no pun intended then you move down the draft to number nine Taylor Hendricks uh, power forward himself out of Central Florida and he's a three and D guy so, and perhaps you can have him in your front court along with a Laurie Marketing. You could play either guy. You can interchange them between the forward positions. So, in fact, he plays similar to Laurie Marketing. So, that's made for a curious pick there. But, nonetheless, he was chosen at nine. Then you have Dallas trading out of their 10 spot to make a trade with OKC, who picked Derek Lively the second. And Dallas, they chose Case and Wallace. So initially you thought Case and Wallace, this is insurance just in case we can't re-sign Kyrie. So you thought that. But then comes the deal that they make with OKC where they get lively. And they were also able to get off of the contract of Davis Bertantz. So Davis Bertantz goes to OKC along with Wallace. But... Even that is odd for OKC because now you have Kaysen Wallace. He's a 6'3", 195-pound point guard. You already have Josh Giddy there, the Australian point guard, 6'8". And you also have Shai Gilkis-Alexander. So I guess you can never have enough guard help, I guess. But Kaysen Wallace, he's more like a combo guard. So I guess you can play him with either guy and you don't lose much. So I guess I see the fit there. But Dallas gets their man in Derek Lively, the second, who, by the way, they could have chose at 10, but I guess they saw the value in getting a Wallace and it helped him in shedding some salary with Bertans. So. You know, on his face, it looks like a smart move by Mark Cuban. So, you give him some credit there. So, Dallas would be getting their man while shedding salary. Like I said, he has shot blocking ability and he's very skilled as a big. So, good pickup for them. Derek Lively, the second out of Duke. And then sandwiched in between that is an odd pick from the Orlando Magic at 11. Shooting guard Jet Howard. Out of Michigan, he's the son of Jawan Howard. At this point in the draft, he's a reach. They thought he'd be more like a mid-first rounder. So for him to go up in the lottery was a bit of a reach. That's what they're saying. He's a shot maker, though. And that's definitely something that's needed in the league, of course. And, of course, this would push a guy like Jalen Suggs, who's already in your program, who's, you know, he's had a uneven pro careers thus far so uh maybe a guy like jet howard pushes him a bit but you know a lot of the analysts saying this was a reach at this point in the draft especially when you got a guy like grady dick who was still out there so speaking of grady dick he 
gets chosen at pick 13 for the Toronto Raptors. Him with his <laughs> red bedazzled suit. He's a three, and he's one of the best shooters in this draft, guys. And I thought the pick was perfect for Toronto because this is something that outside of Red Van Fleet, who's going to be a free agent, and also Gary Trent Jr., you don't really have outside shooting like this. So Grady Dick, I think, is a perfect fit for these Toronto Raptors. So he's a kid with a lot of confidence. So we'll see what he does in Toronto's but. And then, of course, we have the uh, Stephen A. talking to Fat Joe and the clip that went viral. Yeah, you go look it up. It's pretty funny. But anyway, I digress. At 14, the New Orleans Pelicans, they select Jordan Hawkins of UConn, the shooting guard, who's part of that championship team. 6'4", 186 pounds. He's a tough shot maker. He reminds me a lot of Richard Hamilton, who a former Husky himself, UConn Husky. Uh, he has that type of ability, guys. And remember, he's the cousin of Angel Reese. And Angel Reese, who was watching the draft, saw that at 14, her cousin wasn't picked yet. So she kind of tweeted it out there. Oh, this be a perfect spot for him to get picked at. And lo and behold... He becomes a Pelican. So now you have both cousins in Louisiana. So that's a bit of a nice story there. He needs to add a bit of muscle. Kind of uh, lighten the pants as we like to say. So he's a guy who can definitely help that Pelican squad. That's for sure. Much needed shooting help you'll get in Hawkins. And then as we go down the draft. It's it's. Some interesting choices. I thought the Lakers whiffed at 17. They got the point guard Jalen Hood. Shafino out of Indiana. 6'4", 217. I thought they should have went Jaime Jaquez Jr. out of UCLA. Would have been perfect. Local kid. And definitely insurance in case. Don't resign. Austin Reeves. He's a kid who he can make shots. He's a scorer. He projects as a swingman as opposed to a small ball four, which he was in college. So he'll have to make a bit of a transition. I don't think it'll be that hard for him. 6'6", 226 pounds. So I thought that was the better pick for the Lakers. But the Lakers pick point guard Jalen Hood Shafino. He's a streaky shooter though, guys. He might not be ready right away to make it into the rotation. So that's why I said a Jacquez, he's somebody who I thought could get into that rotation and be a help to that team. Jacquez goes to the Miami Heat, and we know Miami's record of developing young talents. So he goes to a perfect situation. So, and then you have guys like Cam Whitmore, who was supposed to be a lottery pick. He fell to 20. It was the Clippers pick, but it goes to Houston. So Houston gets Cam Whitmore. Now you add Cam Whitmore with Amen Thompson. So you, once again, got a glut at the small forward position. So a talent like Whitmore, you can't let pass by. Tremendous pick at this point. An athletic three, who's a shot maker as well. So Houston definitely loading up in that regard. Then you have a guy like Chris Murray, who goes to Portland. 
he's out of Iowa. His brother is Keegan Murray, who's in Sacramento. This was originally to be the Knicks pick. So if you think about it as a Knicks fan or one who follows the Knicks, you were definitely more better off with a Josh Hart who helps your program right away. Whereas Chris Murray, he's a floor spacing four. He's fundamentally sound. He's a young piece for that Portland team. So again, I hark back to Dame Lillard. Now is the time. Get a bunch of assets for him. Rebuild. You got Chauncey Billups there who can kind of develop these guys. So that would be the move there. Then as you go along the draft, you got 3 and D guys. You got combo guards. Then you get Anthony Black's teammate Nick Smith Jr. going towards the end of the first round actually going to Charlotte in a pick that was originally Denver's 6'5", 185 pounds. There he reunites with his UAA teammate, Brandon Miller. So there's familiarity there. Injuries affected his value in this draft. He's a guy with big upside and insurance just in case. You may have to move uh, Terry Rozier. So he's a guy who will fit in there. So... I'd be interested to see what happens with him in Summer League, whether he plays or not. He's a guy who could benefit in Charlotte. Other than that, I think the draft pretty much went as drafts go. No real surprises. But all in all, not too bad. And then for the second round, some possible standouts to me. I think Minnesota getting a Leonard Miller at 33 He was a lottery projected guy, guys, that you get in the second round. He's a big three who can be a nice piece, definitely, if you want to build for the future. Have him alongside Anthony Edwards. Seems like they're sticking with Carl Anthony Towns. They have recently said, oh, we're not interested in moving him. They want to continue to see if the Towns go bare, twin towers, so to speak, see if that can work out. I guess they're willing to throw out last season because of Towns' injury. So, a guy like Leonard Miller, he's from the G League Ignite. So, he's a guy who could contribute right away. I thought that was a nice pick there. Then you have a pick at 36 for Milwaukee. Shooting guard Andrew Jackson Jr. out of UConn. He's an athletic defender who definitely fills a need uh, after we saw Jimmy Butler go off for 56 points against them in the playoffs. So you probably have to be patient with him. He's a guy who could pan out down the road. Then we look at the 45th pick going to Memphis. Memphis getting a power forward. Gregory Jackson out of South Carolina. He's the youngest player in this draft. Has huge upside and definitely somebody who you want to see develop, especially over there with the Grizzlies. So, nice pick there. And then we move to the 50th pick for OKC. Keontae Johnson out of Kansas State. He was a Florida transfer who revived his value. He has the size and versatility needed for the next level. Then we move on to the 53rd pick. That was a Nick pick that ended up going to Minnesota. And they got Jalen Clark out of UCLA. He had ACL injuries and that hurt his value. But defense, that's his calling card, guys. So he's a guy who could pan out for the Timberwolves. And then at 57 for the Washington Wizards, 
power forward Trace Jackson Davis out of Indiana. He's a four-year player, and he was lottery projected. He's a guy I think can contribute right away for Washington. He'll be a guy that you want to look at and see how he looks in summer camps. So those are some of the possible second round standouts, I think, that could pan out for their given teams. So, And then we talk about the Knicks. Did not have a pick in this draft. There were a lot of rumors saying that Obi Toppin. First of all, let's talk about Obi Toppin right quick. There was a video that supposedly got out there of him going back and forth with Tom Thibodeau and how the players had to kind of calm him down and so forth. So according to a guy I listened to CP the Franchise and Nick Fan TV, they're saying how they were thinking of moving on from topping at the trade deadline last season, but nothing materialized. So I said it in the season recap for the Knicks. He's a man who, I think as long as Tibbs and Julius Randle's around, he won't get the opportunity, guys. Ten minutes a game won't cut it. The only time he gets chances is when Randle is out or he's down with an injury. So, he'll never get a chance to shine and show what he really can do on a full-time, consistent basis. So, he's a guy, you know, he's a local kid out of Brooklyn. You'd love to hear that. But he's not going to get the fair shake here. So there was rumors saying that the Knicks in this draft, they could get into the first round, maybe deal topping, but no one bit. So he's still a Nick as of now. The Knicks did add two undrafted free agents, one of which is from the overtime elite 6'6", Jalen Martin, and the book on him. He has athletic ability, and he can shoot it from three. So, definitely a guy who, you know, we're in a league where you need shot makers. And if this guy can stroke it from three, you definitely like that. And then the second undrafted free agent, you might be familiar with the last name, guys. Kentucky's power forward, Jacob Toppin. Yes, he is the brother of Obi Toppin. It's like, are they trolling Tom Thibodeau at this point? What exactly are you doing here? He's the exact prototype of his brother. Supreme athleticism. Not a great feel for the game. He has a thin frame. Can be pushed around a bit. He's a work in progress, guys. So, it just seems crazy to me. After that report that came out, everybody knows about it. I'm sure the front office knows about it. And you go and sign the man's brother. So, both of them to two-way contracts. You'll see them in Summer League, that's for sure. So we'll see what happens in that regard. So if any of them can stand out in that regard. And of course, for Summer League, it'll be Dice Hashimoto, of course, coaching that team. He usually does that for the Summer League team. And then last bit of Nick News. As predicted, they did decline Derrick Rose's team option, which was at $15.5 million, So they're off of that. So we'll see what happens with Derrick Rose. Of course, a few landing places for him could be back to his first team, Chicago Bulls, who needs point guard help desperately. Or maybe to where he played college at, Memphis Grizzlies. Now that you'll have Ja Moran out those 25 games, of course, you'll have Marcus Smart there, but you'll need a backup point guard. So why not a Derrick Rose? So we'll see what happens with him. And then they extend the deadline on Josh Hart's player option and they move it to June 
29th. So we'll get our answer as far as him opting in to that $12.6 million deal or him opting out. But I think they're working behind the scenes trying to get something done before that option deadline hits. So we'll see what happens there. All right, guys. So that's it for the draft. Once again, you know where to find me. All things basketball with GD.com. That's the website. Of course, YouTube, all the platforms, social media. Uh, look me up. I'm there. So, all right, guys. So thank you once again for listening. It's always appreciated when you listen to the program. And we'll talk soon. Take care. So, my peeps, if you like what you're listening to, you can go to my website, www.allthingsbasketballwithgd.com. You can also email me at thatsportsdugd at gmail.com. To support this podcast, you can go to my PayPal, and that email is thatsportsdugd at gmail.com. Also on my Anchor page, I have a support button there that you can also use to help the podcast. I'm on all the major platforms like Anchor, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon, SoundCloud, YouTube, CastBox, Radio Public, Podchaser, just to name a few. And also you can find me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Clubhouse, and Fanbase. So... Once again, I thank you for listening and supporting this podcast and take care and be safe.